Once again, the church said, Amen. A grandpa and his young grandson were sitting on the front porch one evening watching the sun set, and just then a big white rabbit ran across the front yard. When grandpa's old dog, Big Blue, if you will, saw the rabbit, he took off running and barking as loud as he could. Across the field and down the trail they went, barking all the way, chasing that big white rabbit. A few other dogs heard Old Blue barking from a distance, and Old kind of joined in to the chase, if you will. Although after about 20 or 30 minutes, the other dogs just shut up and went on home. But not Old Blue. He just kept on barking, chasing that old rabbit. Noticing this, the young grandson asked the grandfather, Granddad, could you tell me why all the other dogs gave up but not Old Blue? And the grandpa simply said, Oh, yes, son, I'll be glad to tell you. You see, none of the other dogs ever saw the rabbit. I'm a firm believer that if you do not see God's movement in your life, you'll become weak in your faith and fall. God is a God that we should be able to see His movement and His handiwork or something in our lives. And it's truly connected to our faith. Have you ever wondered about your faith? Some people ask me that often about their faith. I'm trying real hard, some might say. And even sometimes I have people that will be just so honest with me, they doubt that they even have faith at all anymore. You ever wish that you had more faith, anybody? Wish that you had a little bit more faith in something. Few things are more misunderstood than faith itself, the faith that God talks about in His Scripture, and yet few things are more important in our life than faith itself and what it is that we are to do. And so today, I want to give you a few things that might help us. As Troy Banks would say, it's just things that you can take with you, take with you this week, with you, that you can apply into your life, something that might help you and me in our daily faith walk with God. Because as Christians, that's what we are. Every day is a new day, and every day we're challenged with something. We never know what tomorrow holds, but we have today. And today there's challenges going on in your lives. And some of you, it's deep challenges. Some have even decided this morning, not only here but other places, they've decided, that you know, I've just given up on that church thing, that family church thing. And it could be because their faith has been weakened by multiple things in life, the hits that they take in life, the hits that we take in our lives and throughout the week. And sometimes they get real ugly and hurtful and painful. And we don't understand, and so we begin to doubt, and so we get in that rut. We get down, and and it's a struggle for us. I suppose most of us, if not all of us, have been there at some point in their life. So really what I want to do today is I want to try to help all of us in our daily faith walk. Now, there's a list that could be endless, I suppose, and could preach on this perhaps all year. But I want to just wrap it up into three things today for you, if I could, please. First of all, I want to tell you a compromised faith. When Christians compromise their faith, they become weak, and it's not long before they quit. Because their views are something different than what God would have them to be. So I want to say to you today, a compromised faith is of no value to you or anyone else around you. 
It is no value to you or your family or your friends or your buddies or your close friends that are are around you, the ones that you're supposed to affect in life with your faith. A compromised faith takes all that away, and it takes it away quickly. The value of your faith is priceless. The value of your faith is priceless because it activates God in your life. That's the beauty of faith. God gives measures of faith to all people. All of us have a measure of faith no matter what. And in that process, as we generate that faith in our life and move that, it activates God in our life in such a way that we can see Him. So we chase Him even a little more. There may be things in life that are okay to compromise on or to even... um, Uh, compromise or think that it's not so big of a deal, but never your faith, my friend. Never your faith. Your faith is what sustains you in your adventures of life, young and old alike. Through our lives and these adventures that we make and this journey that we're going to be talking about throughout this year together, and I'll get into that in a couple of weeks, but nonetheless, this adventure that we're on in this life together, it is something that is faith is the thing that sustains us in our times of need. And when we meet those things, and without it, we are these sitting ducks, I call us. We are vulnerable in our lives because your faith in a time of need is like a barrier. It's like a shield. It's a protection that holds back Satan and fiery darts that he wants to throw at you throughout your week and throughout your life and your journey. David said in Psalms 3, which is the song that we've been learning and singing a lot lately, and I think we need to sing it just about every week, but he talks there is, but you, Lord, are the shield around me. And in faith is what we, it, that activates that shield around us. And it's a beautiful thing that God has given us. Faith in God to deliver in a time that you need is essential. It's essential for your life because it's what unlocks what He holds within His hand. The protection and the guidance and the peace that you long for is measured by the faith in which you extend or release to God. Did you catch that? That's important in your life. You measure the release from God's hand to you you, by the measure of faith in which you extend to God. The very thing that you say that you want the most, you hold the key to the measure in which you receive in your life. We know the verses that talk about faith, of course. We know in Hebrews chapter 11, without faith it is impossible to please God. It goes on to say, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. We want the rewards, but we have to have the faith in order to get the rewards. They come through our faith, our faith in God, that he not only exists, but he rewards those who have the faith in God. How is your faith doing? 2 Corinthians 5, you see there, we walk by faith and not by sight. It's an easy thing to quote, but is it something that we really live by? Or do we just make the statement? You see, a compromised faith is saying, God, you can't handle this one. It's just too big for you. You may have been able to handle all the other people and all the other things in their lives, but I know, God, this one's just too big for you. Oh my, the weak faith that says that. But the great faith that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Give me an amen. Amen. 
That's a faith in God, not faith in yourself, not faith in any, all the other things of life, but you're saying, God, I trust you no matter what. In the Old Testament, you read about Daniel and Daniel and, and his, his friends, if you will, the faith that they had, the faith that they had that became a blessing to them. The scripture there says that they were not only healthier, but they were wiser. Why did that take place? Because in Daniel 1, it says, but Daniel resolved not to defile himself. In other words, Daniel says, I'm keeping my faith no matter what. My faith is what is important to me, and I'm hanging on to my faith. And that means that Daniel made up his mind. It was a choice for Daniel, and it's a choice for all of us as well in our daily walk with God. See, there comes a time, there comes a time in all of our lives that you have to make up your mind who you're going to serve. It's no longer your grandma and grandpa's. It's no longer your mom and dad's. It's yours. It's your decision. It's your choice to say, I'm going to be a person. I'm going to be a man. I'm going to be a woman of great faith. And people are going to see great faith in me. No matter what comes my way, I'm going to stick with God. Because if your faith is weak, you can give up quickly. You remember the seeds that were sown on good soil and not so good soil. It came up, the weeds choked it out. It's the faith in our lives that we say that we walk by faith, but we walk more by sight than we do by our faith. God has given us the key to pass what is in the world trying to give us. The things that we desire in our hearts. Satan wants to destroy you. God wants to promote you. You've heard that before. God does want to promote you. But you determine which one you receive, either from Satan or from God. The world's view or God's view. God's view leads to blessings. The world's view always leads to a wrong choice, a wrong decision, a wrong direction. Always has, always will. Satan was able to destroy King Saul in the Old Testament, both pride and arrogance in his life. He was able to, to destroy uh, Judas's life in, in by selling out Jesus, if you will, just for a little silver. But yet God promoted Daniel, did he not, and saved him from the lions in the lion's den. He took Joseph from the pit to the palace. And God wants to do the same for all of us as well. You see, the difference there is daylight and dark. Which one do you want to be in the category of Saul and Judas, or do you want to be in the category of Daniel and Joseph? It depends on how you place your faith and who you place it in, in all of these things. God wants to take us to higher grounds. God wants to bless you beyond what you can imagine, Ephesians 3, 20. Your faith in Him has no limits to where He can take you. Isn't that awesome? To know that God wants to take you to heights that you've never seen before. And you and I determine the height in which we move in our spiritual walk with God by the way we extend our faith to God. Our faith extends and it, it causes the more, more uh, helium to be put in the balloon, if you will. It takes us higher and higher still. And God wants to do that for us. Keep the faith and be determined that nothing will take that from you in your life, young and old alike. Secondly, and this one is important too, and oftentimes we only say it's adults that do this, but it's not true. Kids do it as well, and so young people, you need to hear this. And I think this is very important for all of us, is you never know who you're going to touch 
with the faith that you extend to God. You never know who it is that you're going to touch and move in a powerful way. All these beautiful babies that were up here today with their parents, it's just a wonderful thing to see. And your faith, parents, your faith will help shape your child into becoming what God wants for your child to be. Great in His kingdom, great in His kingdom. Never underestimate the influence on others. When I look back at my life and I see those moments, those markers, and as you get a little older, now in my 60s, you can see the specific moments in which God moved powerful in your life. And when you begin to look at those, and I looked at mine this past week again, and I will tell you, every single time one of those markers grew me spiritually, you know what was connected to it? A person that was in my life with great faith. They influenced me. Little did I know it at the time. Thought, what is going on? And didn't really realize it. But now that I look back, I can see those people of great faith influenced me. And I want to tell you today that you have an influence in the lives of people around you as well. Give me an amen. You know, when you hear, this, this really bothers me about athletes that you see, these multi, multi, multi millionaires playing a game. And they find themselves in trouble like all of us do perhaps at times in something we shouldn't have done or say or whatever the case is. But oftentimes when they find themselves in trouble, what they come to the mic and they'll simply say or they may say it anyway and they simply say, I'm not a role model. Oh, really? You play before millions of our children and you're not a role model. Our children idolize them. They are. I have news for them. They are role models, whether they like it or not. It just comes with the territory. But here's the thing I want to get to. Guess what? As Christians, we too are called to be role models. That's what we're called to be. How are you doing? Has someone been affected in their spiritual walk because of you, positive or negative? That's an honest question up front, isn't it? Has really someone said, you know what, you've influenced my life to have this great faith in my life? How are you living your life out? Watch this in 1 Peter chapter 2, and I want to just describe it in two segments here, if you will. Just give me a little bit of time, because I, I love doing this with Scripture. and So I'm going to use the first part of it, talk about it, and use the last part. Because this helps us. The writer here says, dear friends, dear friends, I urge you. This is what he sees. I'm pleading with you. I I urge you as aliens and strangers of this world. We used to sing that song. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. And as Christians, we understand that. The world sees their life as from zero to a hundred years of age. The Christian sees their life from zero to eternity and beyond. So this world is not our home. It's just something here. And he says there, it says we are just like aliens and strangers in this world. But he says, here's my challenge to you, to abstain from sinful desires, which war against your soul. Sinful desires in your life will always war against your soul. And the person you put your faith in will win that battle. 
Two natures beat within my breast. One is foul and one is blessed. One I love and one I hate, but the one I feed will dominate. Oh, yes, it will. The desires, what are the desires there? Remember, if your desire is God, we've talked about that in the past few weeks, the desire of God. If your desire is God, to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, give me an amen. amen. And if you know that I will have no other gods before me, God said, give me an amen. amen. Then if God is to be the desire of your heart the most, what is to be the least? It is the sinful desires The Christian that refuses to abstain, withhold, withdraw from sinful desires will eventually become addicted to any of the things that are listed in 1 Corinthians. Pornography, homosexuality, or drunkenness. And the list goes on and on. God speaking. And others will be, and they are, enticed by it, attracted to it, and the same before long, to the same, and before long, they too have a following. And our world has a huge following today. Truth. But notice the last part of this. If that's not how we are to live, then how are we to live? He doesn't stop with telling us what's wrong. He tells us what we should be. And he says here, Live such good lives among the pagans. What's the pagans? That's what you came out of. That's what I used to be. That's the world around us. But live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, because they will, amen? They're going to accuse you of being wrong. Christians are wrong, period. In our society today, we're wrong. They're bad. Ooh, that's fact. You know it and I know it. They will accuse you of doing wrong. Then what are we to do? They may see, so that they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of He visits us. Daniel had a great influence on his friends, did he not? Sure he did. He could have been a bad influence, but he was a good influence. But he could have been. Could we not understand if we read about Daniel being a bad influence on his buddies? That he, was, that he was upset and that he was negative and he was resentful and he was bitter? Listen, Daniel and his comrades were taken from their own country into captivity. The scripture tells us that only the brightest of the bright were selected to stay alive. What does that tell you? Somebody that Daniel knew died. That were taken out. Daniel could have brought in that bitterness. Daniel could have brought in that resentment. He could have just been all of that, but he was not. Oh, yes, it is true that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, as we know them, the names given to them, is a true one that they stood before the fiery furnace a few chapters later, and they won the, the victory there. But remember the mentor they had a few chapters before. A guy by the name of Daniel, a mentor in our lives, is important, isn't it? What am I saying here? Choose your friends wisely. Now, this sounds like something we would tell just teenagers. Teenagers, choose your friends wisely. And the church says, because that's a good statement. And the reason why we know that, teenagers, is because we, as adults, have made some choices in our lives and we didn't choose wisely. Give me another amen. Amen. But here's the thing about that as far as all of us, not just teenagers, not just kids, but for us as adults. 
Look for friends who love God. Ask yourself this simple question. Do your friends, do my friends, love God like I love God? I didn't say, did your friends know God? Because almost anyone you meet will say, oh yeah, I know God. I'm talking about friends that say, I love God. Friends that will impart in you truth and encouragement and build your faith and not delete your faith. Those are the ones that God would call us to be the closest to in our lives. Because if it's not, see for yourself who's pulling you down. See who it is that's pulling you back from your faith that God wants you to have. Find someone that has great faith, hook up with them, and watch how your faith grows this year. Give me an amen. Amen. Daniel was a great friend to have, there is no doubt. But Shadrach needed Meshach, and Meshach needed Abednego. They were, two good, they were all these good friends. And when they stood together, then they turned up the heat in the furnace. They stood together in that, in their faith in God. If one of them would have not had faith in God, think about what their end result could have been. But each one of them stood together, and in that they stood together in the victory as well as what everyone else said, it was their total defeat. God is an awesome God. The God that delivered Daniel from the lions, the God that delivered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from the fiery furnace is the same God that is alive and well today. We need each other. How do we know that? Ecclesiastes says, we sing the song, the one, may not be, the one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. In other words, you got two, man. I feel a whole lot better. But you know what makes me even feel better than two? Three. Three there, it's an easy, it's a strand, it's not quickly broken. So we sing that song, bind us together, Lord, bind us together with chains that cannot be broken. Bind us together. Someone said, me and you and God make five. It's me and you and God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Bound together will not be easily broken. Give me an amen. It's important in our lives. And number three, and we'll be finished, is to stand. It's the hard part. It's easy when we're in church. It's easy seemingly when we're singing, our God is an awesome God and we're all cheering each other on and we stop and we have a welcome and we cheer each other on and we, we, we just say, good to see you today, brothers. Good to see you, sisters. But when they say, amen, you're dismissed. Woo-hoo. gets a little tough. Some Monday, some of you have to go back to work, places where you know you're going right in that pit. You're going right back to stuff and it's tough, school, whatever it happens to be. It's a struggle. It's part of life. That's one reason why you need to be here on Sunday. So you can find strength and so we can pull together and so that I'm for you and you're for me. I mean, I like some of the things you do and you probably don't like some of the things I do. But I am a brother in Christ. If God is your father, I am your brother. And we are united through Christ and him alone. Give me an amen. Stand. Stand what? Stand for the truth. When the world around you has nothing to do with truth. Stand for the truth. Trust me, we are in a world that doesn't know the truth. And many that do want to change it to meet their once again selfish desires. What's taken place in the state of New York this past week 
is horrible in the sight of God. Read it for yourself. As a Christian, spiritual selfies are dangerous. Did you catch that? Spiritual selfies are dangerous. When you are put to the test, and you will be, we all are, stand for what is right according to what God says, and no matter what everyone else does, stand for it. Here's the struggle. Here's where it is, because you're going to say right now, yes, yes, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do that. But then when it will, the rubber meets the road out there, it's pretty tough sometimes. And sometimes what we feel is like, we feel as though he's not there with us. Where'd you go, God? I mean, Sunday I was ramped up, I was ready to go, but here it is Tuesday morning. And man, I tell you what, I'm looking around and I don't see anybody but me standing here. Let me tell you this, that God is working out a perfect plan for you. Watch this, Romans chapter 8, Mike and Jeff have been talking in these uh, chapters just recently in their Bible class on Sunday morning. And we know that in all things God works for the good to those that love Him. It does not say that all things are good because I know some of you in this room went through some terrible things recently. And you can't say that's good because it's not good. But I can tell you God is true to His Word and He tells us here that in all things God works for the good to those who love Him. What do you need to do? You need to continue to love Him. Have faith in God. Just keep your faith in God. What then shall we say in response to this? I like the writer here how he puts this, Paul puts this. He asks the question but he really gives the answer to the question in it because it's one of those, duh, what do you think the answer is? Notice what he says. What then shall we say in response to this? And he's waiting for an answer perhaps. Perhaps not. He keeps writing. If God is for us, who can be against us? Do you know that? If God is for us, who can be against us? So when you're challenged this week on that Tuesday morning and somebody's just telling you this and that and they're just giving you an earful and stuff that, and you feel like there's not, hey, hey, if God is for me, who can be against me? God is for me, who can be against me? If God is for me, who can be against me? You just keep telling yourself that because God will always come through. Notice what he says. If God is for us, who can be against us? And then he goes, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. God did that for us. You see, what was, where were we headed? We were all headed to hell. And God stepped in and says, watch what I can do. I am for you. Here's my son. Now those of us that have claimed Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, now where are we headed? We're headed. If God is for me, who can be against me? That's what God wants us to know. That's what keeps us energized. Yep, my boss may chew me out. Yep, my teacher may give me an F. My, the, the, the youth minister may chew me out. Or the preacher may chew me out. Or my wife might chew me out. But I know one thing. My God is on my side. Although sometimes I might need chewed out. Sometimes, nobody likes to get chewed out, but sometimes we need to be chewed out. Don't we? Of course not, right? Somebody's saying, not me. Now keep in mind this, and we'll close up here in just a minute. Keep in mind that truth is always where God is. Duh. So if you stand for the truth side of things, you're actually standing on the God side of things. I think that's important. This is where many Christians get off ground. Off base, if you will. Solid ground. They know the truth of God's word. 
and yet the world is telling them something else, and they fall for the trick of Satan once again. How can I put it in terms that we might understand today? Just because the world law permits it doesn't make it right in God's eyes. Period. Sounds good. Makes our conscience feel a little bit better. The law says it's okay. Woohoo! I get to do this. Really? Okay. Keep in mind. It will take great courage on your part to walk by faith and not by sight. It'll take great courage to walk by faith and not by sight. It does not take courage to walk by sight and not by faith. So you got to have this courage to stand up when the world appears bigger than you are. The world that seems that, are, that is bigger than God at the time, but nothing is bigger than our God. God told Joshua, he told him to be strong and courageous. Your courage to stand for God can be possibly what Joshua's was back in the Old Testament. A saving of a nation. And he listened to him right from the get-go. And he did not waver. Read his story. Joshua did not waver from that. He said, I'm going to be strong and courageous. In fact, God, I think, says three times in that particular chapter that he tells him that. Three times, almost in a row. Be strong and courageous. Again, I say, be strong and courageous. And oh, one more time before you leave and get on your way, be strong and courageous. I think that means be strong and courageous. How about you? Are you strong? Are you courageous? If God's people don't speak, what or who will save this nation that we live in? The lost. I wrote this statement in and I want you to get it because I mean it with all my heart. A generation of Christians that refuse to speak the truth of God's word has given the next generation the permission to not only sin but to enjoy it. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, stand firm in the faith, stand firm in the faith. Underline it. Be courageous, be strong, do everything in love. One translation says in kindness and in love. I like that. I like that. Often what we do is we pull out the kindness and love verses. And when we pull them out because we need them, and I would agree, you must display all of what we do in kindness and in love. But if your kindness and love ignores the truth of God's word, you haven't displayed his or demonstrated his love. In fact, what you have done is you have embraced their sin. You see the difference? You see, saying, if I do it in kindness and love, then that means that I'm okay with what you're doing. Then you've left out God's truth. And you haven't given love. You've just embraced the sin. And so our world gets twisted in what is truth and what is a lie from Satan. Trying to separate God's word from God is like trying to separate your lungs from your body and still be able to breathe. In John chapter 1, verse number 1, it says, In the beginning was the word of God, and the word was with God, and the word was God. You can't take God out of his word, and you can't take the word out of God. No more than you can take the blue out of the sky and the wet out of water. You just can't do it. It can't be done. You and I are called to make a difference. 
I say this often to young people when I get a chance to go to the school maybe and speak or something, trying to help them make a difference. Because a lot of times they don't feel that in their own life and they don't know that they're going to do that for someone else. But when we stand for faith in God and embrace His truth and experience the difference in our own life, you see, you've got to experience the faith that God has called you to have and experience what God has given you because of the faith that you have in God. Then and then, then at that point, what you can do is take it to the world around you, your family and your friends, and be effective in the body of Christ as well. In John 6, verse 63, the Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. Remember last week we read that? The words I have spoken to you, they are full of spirit and life. They're living things. We're these living beings that God has given us the Spirit to live within us so that we might be these these witness, this witness for Christ and for all his goodness in our lives. God will never let his people down. For even when it appears as though that everything else is lost, may we remember that heaven awaits us. Nothing steals that from us. Notice what it says, last verse. My sheep listen to my voice. Are you listening to God's voice today? Have you been listening to what God has been calling you to do to maybe increase your faith? Maybe something that you need to challenge yourself to stand in great faith in whatever it is that you're dealing with in your life. You know, I haven't been as strong as I need to be and I need to listen to God's voice. Are you listening to His voice? Because He says, my sheep, listen to my voice. Don't ignore His voice. I know them and they follow me. Are you following what Jesus would have you follow? Is Jesus out front in your life? Are your eyes fixed upon him? Notice what he says, I give them eternal life. And they shall never perish. It goes on to say in 29, My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of the Father's hand. And the church says, Isn't that good news? Keeping the faith. Keeping the faith keeps you in the Father's hand. And may we never forget, it's a daily walk of faith. Not, not just every once in a while. Not just when things go bad. Visited with somebody this past week, and they, that was one of the things they brought up. And, and they were coming back to God. They were coming back. And you know what they were saying? Is that what, what has appeared in my life over the years has been this. Harley, just be honest with you, they said. What's happened in my life is when I, when I was down and hurt and ugly and made all these bad choices, and then I got the... The consequences of that, that's when I said, oh, i got to have faith now. Before all that comes, my friend, put your faith in God. Run it through that faith thing of God and watch what God can do. Watch how God can help you make a difference, not only in your own life, but how you can make a difference in the people around you. I just jotted this in this morning, but if you were worth dying for, isn't he worth living for? You were worth dying for. God of heaven said, Susie, Sally, Jimmy, Johnny, Harley, whoever, whatever your name is. He looked down and he saw exactly where you're at. And he said, you are worth my son's death. Oh my, if you've embraced that, 
if you've embraced that, now you can walk by this faith because he is with me. I've embraced it to say it's mine, not of my goodness, but his. But perhaps you haven't. And somebody's told you today that he did it just for you. Just embrace it, my friend. Don't reject it any longer and see what God can do for you. If God, if God in all this, if you were worth dying for, is thee not worth living for? Live by faith. Walk by faith and not by sight on a daily basis. Maybe you have a prayer request, a concern, whatever it might be. Whatever God is calling you to, we can help in any way. We'll pray with you and for you, whether it's a celebration or just a pain that hurts that just will not go away in your life. Whatever it is, right now, we're going to stand and we're going to sing. You come. We'll pray with you right now. Together as we stand and sing, you come.